Hi, folks. Welcome to Not From Around Here podcast. This is your host, Virginia. Um, this podcast, we talk about a little bit about immigration-related topics. Um, today, we are going to be talking about DACA. Um, and we have a special guest. Her name is Melissa. Welcome, Melissa. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. So, Melissa was a former recipient of DACA, and she's going to explain to us what that process was like. And um, so, Melissa, tell us a little bit about DACA and um, what was your experience with it? Yeah. Um, so, thank you so much, Virginia, for having me here. Um, Welcome. A, yeah, I was a former recipient of DACA. Um, I recently was able to get my green card. Um, I came to the United States when I was eight years old. I came from Colombia. Um, and I came to reunite with my mother, uh, who had previously migrated from Colombia to New York um, for economic uh, reasons. Um, I lived uh, 18 years that I've been here undocumented. Um, and in 2013, I was able to get DACA. Um, DACA is the uh, for action for childhood arrivals. It's a temporary form of work permit relief and deportation relief um, that has been granted to young people um, that were that came to the United States at an early age and have to meet certain requirements. Um, it's not a permanent form of relief, meaning that it does not have lead a pathway pathway towards getting your green card or citizenship. Um, it's a two year work permit, and so what it means is that people uh, who meet the requirements for DACA are able to uh, apply for the program. Um, and get a work permit for two years, and every two years it has to be renewed and paid for. It is not currently open for new applic- applications um, due to the lawsuits and uh, what's going on currently with the government um, and the Supreme Court case. Uh, however, uh, people who did apply for for it before can continue to renew it until there's a decision um, of how it's going to move forward. And we'll talk a little bit about the future of DACA in a little bit. Um, but that's what DACA, DACA is, right? So it just means that people who are, are who were able to apply for it can work legally in the United States um, and have a temporary form of uh, deeper, stop of deportation. Um, it came in 2012. Uh, President Obama signed it as an executive action. Um, however, it, sorry, as an executive order. Um, but what really pushed DACA to be um, out was the organizing of undocumented Black, queer, trans uh, folks uh, who were doing um, a lot of organizing around this. Okay, and tell us a little bit about how you became part of this um dream um committee it's not a committee it's a it was a it's a it was a movement so it was a dream movement yeah so um, the first one in new york city yeah so the the immigration right so immigration has had a push uh organizing for for many many years um but what was different about um specifically with undocumented youth organizing right was was that right that it was undocumented young people going out into the streets and really um you know changing the game around immigration um the narrative right and also how fearlessly they were doing you know we were doing this and, and this so, movement is led by recipients of daca themselves it, or it's it's yeah it's led by undocumented people right so mm-hmm. um the first thing that started it off was the um, introduction of the DREAM Act. 
So the Dream Act was a bill that was introduced back in 2001, but it was first introduced in 2001 by Senator Durbin from Illinois um, after hearing the story of Teresa, Teresa Lee, uh, who was an undocumented um, person, a young person, and uh, you know, he so he felt compelled. He wanted, he knew that there was thousands and thousands of other young people who had, you know, either who had migrated, right? Um, most of the most of us, right, forcefully from our countries, right, pushed out um, due to a lot of political reasons that do involve the United States, right? Um, and so the Dream Act stands for the Development Relief for Ellie. Deve development Relief and Education for Alien Minors. And Can you tell us what DACA stands for? DACA, so the so DACA is different from the Dream Act, mm -hmm. right? So DACA is Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. Okay. Um, and so the Dream Act was supposed, if it had passed right through Congress, it was going to open a pathway towards citizenship for undocumented young people, right? It was going to allow people to apply for their green cards and then eventually be able to apply for citizenship. Because like, let's let's remind you that the folks that came here, they came here when they were very young. Mm -hmm. So they don't even have a country of origin in a way to go back to if they were even deported. Mm -hmm. So that's why the pathway to citizenship, it's very, very important. That was mm -hmm. like the most important thing, which is different from DACA that does not allow you a path of citizenship. Exactly, right. So, you know, we had, so we start, this was in 2001 uh, for the DREAM Act and that led for an entire mobilization of um, young people, um, undocumented young people to start organizing in their schools, in their Uh, you know, local areas, statewide and national wide. And so um, the amount of organizing that was happening across the country uh, led to a bigger movement, you know, to be to be created. And so um, we saw a wave of undocumented young um, queer, trans, uh, black, brown POC uh, come out and organize, right, in ways that we were not, we had not seen before, um, stating out in public, right, that we were undocumented, unafraid, and unapologetic. Of course. Um, and so, you know, we saw events like Coming Out of the Shadows, which was first started uh, in Chicago by um, the, just, the Immigrant Youth Justice League, Um, back in 2009, they organized the first coming out of the shadows rally, um, which then became a phenomenon across the country. And every March, uh, young uh, people organized these events to publicly come out as undocumented. Um, and then from there, we saw just a, a bigger wave of other actions that took place. So I started organizing with undocumented young people here in New York um, through the New York State Youth Leadership Council, which is the first undocumented youth-led organization here in New York City. Um, you know, it's important to note, right, that this was this fight to get the New York Dream Act to happen was a fight that was led by undocumented people. Uh, it took a lot of work, um, but it was a testament to the organizing that undocumented uh, young, black, brown, queer, trans POC have been doing. Um, Melissa, talk to us a little bit about what do you, what is the future of DACA? Yeah. What um, do we like to? What would we want to see? Like, what is it that you? Yeah, I mean, right like now see? we're seeing. You know, we we just um just three weeks ago uh in the sorry about a month ago um the Supreme Court heard the oral arguments you know against and for keeping DACA as it is. Um, 
we won't know what the Supreme Court decides until probably next year. Um, and so for right now, what we're encouraging uh, folks who do have it is to keep renewing it, right? To not not. So renew you could it. renew it, but you, you cannot renew it. You cannot apply for a new application. Yeah. So for people who are eligible now, they cannot apply. For people who were who are who were eligible, you know, two years who are still eligible but didn't apply when it first came out, they cannot apply right now. You could only renew it. You can only renew it. So only if you had it and, and you meet the requirements, you are able to renew it. Okay. And what can we what can we as citizens help? I think in in, in, in with this DACA movement. Yeah. How can we how can we support? So there's different ways to support. I think, you know, one is um so the you know the very first thing to think about is the financial burden of paying uh, DACA application, right? And I think that's important to note in the sense of um, this money that's going into the system, right, into, into paying for these fees is to pay the government, right? Um, and so it went from being $465 to $495, and now it's going to go up to about $700 for one application, right? Um, and so in a family that has, let's say, three to five people who apply for DACA, that's a lot of money. Right. Um, there's barely any financial assistance. Right. Many organizations are not able to cover these right. fees. And so I think one of the huge um, biggest needs at the moment is to support uh, folks with with the financial. application fees. Yeah. So I think if people do have the means to cover half or like a portion of the application fee or doing a, some sort of fundraiser um, is one of the ways that we have seen like uh, specifically citizens show up, um, you know, locally, like people have dinners or brunches and then they raise money and they're able to donate that to an organization. Allocate that money for exactly. Give it to an organization that's supporting people with their applications. And so I think tangible, a, a very tangible action right now is financial support. So it is about DACA. It's about maintaining DACA as a temporary form of relief, but it's also how do we understand and envision a system that is more humane, that is more responsible, and that it's really about um, changing, right, the fabric of what this country continues to say that it is, but it's really not, and how do we ensure that there's, like, direct services being provided, but also a change in, in the ways that immigration and immigrants are viewed in this country. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Melissa, for providing this information today. Um, as you know, we can go on and on to talk about this, this immigration issues. I mean, it's never ending. But what's more important is that we stayed on the know. We, we, um, we sort of inform ourselves on how can we help others. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, thank you. Yeah, thank so you. thank you guys for listening. And um, thank you. Bye.